Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is David Silver, founder of Detroit Horsepower, and he talks expanding opportunity for Detroit youth and much, much more. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I'm your host, Blake Soule, and today's guest is David Silver. And I'm really excited to have David on because I met him a few weeks ago over at the uh, the Novi Expo and and saw what he had going on. And I just thought to myself, you know, this is something really cool. He's running, you know, a nonprofit and, and is helping out the community uh, the best way that he can. And so I thought, you know, that would be a great topic to have on for someone who's doing service in the community that he lives in and just get his message and story out there. So, uh, David, thanks for coming on the show today. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So just for starters, what I like to do, David, is is have the guests talk about themselves. So um, right off the back, can you tell us, you know, your your story that got you to, you know, where you are today? Yeah, I uh, I grew up in suburban New York, about uh, 45 minutes north of New York City. Um, and horses were actually a really big part of my life growing up. My mom has always had horses and she passed on that. Uh, passion to me and my sister. Um, I went to college in New Hampshire and then moved to Detroit in 2012 um, to teach elementary school. I was a Teach for America Corps member, taught fourth and fifth grade on the west side of Detroit for two years. Um, And after my second year of teaching, I um, was looking to make a transition, Um, still passionate about making an impact in the lives of underserved youth. Um, and this idea to combine the powerful lessons that horses had taught me in my childhood and give our kids in the city access to those enriching opportunities um, became uh, this, this uh, passion, this life's yearning, you could say, um, that uh, it's been really exciting to go down this road. And, and we've been doing uh, Detroit Horsepower is the nonprofit's name, and uh, we've been doing this for about uh, a little over a year now. Well, I think that's just very awesome to hear, and I want to congratulate you, you know, so far for for just even taking that that step to, you know, put all of this into action, and just taking a step back. What what was it that you know when you were teaching um, in Detroit for those for those two years that you just decided that hmm, I want to, you know, venture off into this new direction? Yeah, I mean, my, teaching is teaching is such a powerful um, space to be in because you get to uh, be a part of kids' lives and their growth and development. Um, and that, that was something really uh, that spoke to me in terms of um, making sure that um, kids who are coming from you know, households that don't have necessarily enough to provide, uh, there's a lot of violence in the neighborhoods, um, people move around a lot, there are so many barriers that that keep our kids from reaching their full potential. So um, it, it ended up mm, classroom teaching isn't isn't necessarily my 
my calling. I gave my best to my kids for, for the two years I was there, but, but it's not, it wasn't where I wanted to spend the rest of my career. So, so thinking of other ways that I can uh, be a part of kids' lives and set them up for future success um, made a lot of sense to come back to horses. And, uh, and our long-term goals, I should say, are to contribute to Detroit's revitalization by repurposing a large parcel of vacant land in the city for a new urban equestrian center where we can have year-round programming for kids. Wow, that sounds that sounds amazing, and and just you know transitioning a little bit to to Detroit Horsepower. Uh, where what are you guys doing as far as you know helping out the community and with the kids? What is what does that look like, and and who are you currently serving? Mm-hmm. So we are uh, we're a five hundred one c three nonprofit, and we have launched in the summer of 2015 with two pilot programs. We uh, were able to raise enough money to get started with, uh, with two five-day summer camps that served a total of 18 kids from the city of Detroit. Um, and during the five-day camp, they learned how to ride, how to take care of horses. We brought in guest speakers to come and talk about different equine professions and sort of broaden kids' horizons for what's possible when you dedicate to yourself to something you're passionate about. And then there are, there are really valuable life lessons that come from working with horses. It develops a ton of confidence, responsibility, compassion, perseverance, and a lot more. So it's really, it was amazing to see kids who come in, they've never been around horses, they come in very nervous and afraid of them. You know, they're big thousand pound animals and if, and if mm-hmm. you don't know how to be safe around them, um, you can get hurt. Um, but But teaching them how to be safe, how to... Um, how to ride and, and the huge amounts of confidence that come with that. So seeing them by the end of the week, riding independently, doing some really uh, impressive stuff in a short amount of time. We invited parents there for the last day and literally there were tears of joy from how proud our parents were um, because most, most kids in an urban environment, especially in Detroit, don't have access to this. This was really something special for our kids and their mm-hmm. families that at this point we can only offer in the summertime with um, the generosity of folks who have horse barns outside Detroit, making their space and their horses available for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but really looking forward to um, turning the burden of vacant land in Detroit into a community asset and making this accessible for kids on a year-round basis going forward. Well, I love hearing that, and I think that's that's awesome work. And can you just touch on, you know, setting up a, a 501c3? What what did that process look like for you from from uh, the time you had the idea until you were able to, you know, implement what you needed to get the funding so that you could actually, you know, start having your events or your uh, uh, your camping experiences for mm-hmm. for the urban youth? Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a long process. I so I, I left my job as a teacher in August 2014, and uh, you know this was this was an idea that was stewing around in my head, and I was asking people for advice about getting started and how I should go forward. And some of those people had a, a Detroit background, and, and they've worked with youth, and some people from my horseback riding background, and some folks who have worked with nonprofits before, and and three of those people who were advising me right away. It, it made sense to bring them on as uh, our first board members um, because to form a nonprofit um, corporation in the state of Michigan, you need three, a minimum of three board directors. So those 
were people I was already getting advice from, from and they actually govern the organization and, and steer our vision. Um, and they're people I trust and, and I'm really excited to be working with. Um, from there, once we incorporating as a nonprofit isn't all that hard. You need your three directors and you pay a $20 fee to the state um, and you give them your mission statement and a couple things like that and, and you're a corporation. But that doesn't mean um, that you can accept tax-exempt donations. In order to for donors to get a tax write-off on money they give you, you have to uh, file for tax-exempt status with the federal government, with the IRS. Um, so that is quite a lengthy process. You need your bylaws um, before you can do that. And that, that took us a long time to for the, the four of us to agree on how the organization is going to be governed. Um, we did a lot of research online, what other organizations have in their bylaws, what made sense for us, what we wanted to take, what we wanted to leave, and we agreed on that. Um, filled out the application, which actually for a new nonprofit, they made it a lot easier recently. It mm -hmm. used to be like a 25-page application. Now it's a four-page application. Okay. And it used to be a $850 fee, and now it's a $400 fee, which is still a lot but it's a lot less. Um, and it used to take like six to nine months for them to turn it around. And actually, once we got it all together, I submitted it on my birthday, April 6th, and we were approved like April 14th. So uh, yeah, a lot faster, less expensive than it was, and less paperwork. So it took a lot of time to get our ducks in a row with uh, bylaws, corporation, directors. That was what took the most time. And then once we had all that together, um, the process uh, from the IRS has gotten a lot faster. That's awesome. So thank you for sharing that with us as well. So now here you are, you know, you went through the process of, of getting your organization, um, with its board members and coming up with the bylaws and then finally having everything taken care of with the federal government. And, and you're starting to, you know, reach out to different folks to be involved. Um, can you talk about you know, what, what you learned from doing that or any challenges that you came across when trying to, you know, spread this, this mission and get other people involved? Yeah, I have to say I've been very thankful for the tremendous amount of support we've gotten from the Detroit community, mm -hmm. thinking folks in the city, folks who used to be in the city and, and now are outside, or folks just, you know, in the Michigan horseback riding community who have really embraced what Detroit Horsepower's mission is all about. Um, so there are a ton of folks who are doing great work in Detroit, like um, Alternatives for Girls um, or uh, Burns Elementary School, actually, where I used to teach, which partnered with us to um, recruit kids. We, we recruited kids for our initial programs through these organizations that believed in what we were doing. Um, we've gotten a tremendous amount of support from entrepreneurial support uh, resources like the Build Institute in Detroit, or Wayne State's uh, Blackstone Launchpad. Um, Wayne State has a community business law center that gave us pro bono legal advice. Um, Detroit Future City is a, is a tremendous advocate um, in our work. Um, and I could go on and on about all the different folks um, who have really lifted up our work, um, particularly uh, in the Michigan horseback riding community where we've gotten a ton of volunteers, generous folks who have opened up their, their barns to let us bring our kids um, for uh, our, our pilot programs. So my, uh, my philosophy is, is really just sort of putting this out there and, and seeing 
um, who it resonates with and, and knowing that, that good things um, will come back because this is something that uh, I'm very passionate about and, and very excited to share with others. That's incredible. So for the folks listening in, uh, can you touch on, you know, do you need to have, you know, you know horse experience, you know, if someone's listening in and they want to, you know, contribute or volunteer uh, uh, with uh, Detroit Horsepower? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are so many ways that we can really use folks' support. Um, volunteering at our camps, which are specifically in the summertime, is a, is a great area to get involved. If you have horse experience, that's awesome. Um, if you don't, we can definitely find a role where we can use your support, um, especially if you've worked with kids in the past. Um, and we do work with a variety of ages, um, between 7 and 18 years old. Um, outside of the summertime, we are always looking for um, folks who, who can help us connect with resources, whether that's funding, donations, or uh, good folks to talk to. Um, because we are a relatively new organization and we are still getting the word out about Detroit Horsepower at this stage. Um, so it's really exciting to hear from people who this resonates with and, uh, and we send out monthly email newsletters to keep folks updated on our progress. Um, and we're, we're just sort of building a coalition to um, help us realize the ambitious goals we have for the future. That's incredible. So thanks for sharing that. And let's just move forward a little bit. And, and I want to go back to what you were talking about, you know, Detroit's revitalization and, and, and being able to, you know, expand opportunity for, for urban youth. What do you mean when you say, you know, Detroit's revitalization? And then second, what, does the, what do those opportunities look like that you're talking about, you know, having, uh, having around for the urban youth of Detroit? Mm -hmm. Well, I should say up front, you know, I'm, I'm a relative newcomer to Detroit. I've, I've lived in the city for three years mm -hmm. uh, and been working there that, that short amount of time. There are so many folks here who have uh, been at great work um, on behalf of the city of Detroit for many, many years. And there are lots of, there are lots of people moving in now um, who are committed to making Detroit a better place. And so it's a really exciting um, time to bring new life. Uh, revitalize Detroit, but most of the activity right now is concentrated in Detroit's downtown core. Um, you've got downtown, midtown, and uh, that, that core area is about 7.2 square miles. Mm -hmm. um, Detroit is a big city of 139 square miles, and areas like where my students live and many neighborhoods across the city like, like that neighborhood um, have seen really no change um, in recent years where downtown and midtown have new apartment buildings being built, new people moving in, new restaurants, new bars, new retail, and things are getting quite expensive. Um, and so people who are relatively better off are enjoying a, a really increasing quality of life and a really attractive place to live. And Detroit is really, you know, exciting place to be. It's really coming back um, in that area. But is it, is it coming back for everybody I think is a question that Detroit needs to wrestle with. So what are, what are solutions to make the Grand River Greenfield area a really vibrant uh, neighborhood again that's offering great schools that are safe um, and crime is, is reduced, that has great city services? Because um, right now those things 
are not good and, and they haven't been good for quite a while. Um, so thinking about creative solutions that can take the city's assets, including vacant land, Detroit has over 23 square miles of purely open space. Um, so that being one asset Detroit has and turning that into something that's adding value for the community. So when I think about what Detroit Horsepower can offer going forward is you know, really creating innovative solutions that are lifting up uh, residents in the community, teaching kids new skills, being a central gathering place, a, a place of pride in the community that, that can lift up residents and connect them with resources um, and spur new kinds of investment, you know, encourage new uh, retailers or um, food suppliers to open up shop not just downtown, but also where most of Detroiters live. Um, so it's it's a it's something that that I think about a lot, and I I know that will be a uh, a big part of Detroit's growth um, to be a successful city going forward. Absolutely. So just um, going from there, talk about the people that you're interacting with in the community, because what what I'm hearing you say is that they're is definitely a need there to to not just expand to to the midtown downtown area but to also think about the bigger picture as far as what what these new uh commodities are going to be doing for Detroit as a whole and just not a few of the people what what have uh people been saying as far as the ones that you've been trying to serve what is their view and and your takeaway from what they're saying yeah well when i think about my former students and and several of them participated in detroit horsepower's mm-hmm. uh second pilot program you know there's there's a big divide you know they they don't go downtown um it's it's far it's it's hard to get to because a lot of folks don't have access to a car and the bus system isn't very reliable um, so there's, there's really a divide and there's, there's this narrative, you know, lots of big media publications are championing, you know, Detroit is back and Detroit is the hot place to be. And, and it is in one small part of the city. Um, but for, you know, for where my kids live, it's, nothing's changed in it. And it's, and that's very upsetting in a lot of ways because, um, you can't leave folks behind. These are these are hardworking people who um, don't have. You know, I think about myself. I grew up with with lots of advantages and parents who could afford to give me uh, amazing horseback riding experiences and um, graduate from college without student debt. Um, and and so much was given to me um, that has led to where I am today. And uh, and really reflecting on how many how many barriers are put in front of our kids who, who don't have those kinds of advantages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so making sure that we're lifting up all Detroiters um, will, will allow us to create a, a strong and equitable city for the future. Mm. So talk about the kids that are your first two pilots. Uh, where were they coming from? Uh, and I know you mentioned it earlier, but just to go a little bit, deeper into that what what were their takeaways from the experience that that showed you that this is something 
very viable and and if we continue to push forward that more and more people from the community will want to be involved with it yeah um so the the first camp was with alternatives for girls who sent uh, seven girls to participate in our in our first program and i'm really grateful for um the folks at alternatives for girls for believing in me this i sort of came to them and this was a bit of a crazy idea we we hadn't done anything yet and and they took a leap of faith and and wanted to get involved because they believed we had something valuable to offer um so those are girls primarily from southwest detroit um and had never had any experience with horses before um many speak uh spanish at home as well as english mm-hmm. um and were uh, th- they had a a really incredible experience. It was something that they, I know, will, will stay with them for the rest of their lives. And we, we sent them home with, um, you know, a, a blue ribbon um, that said Detroit Horsepower Summer Camp. And, and they got to do some crafts um, where they decorated their own horseshoe. And we, we turned it into a picture frame with a picture of them and their horse hot glued to the back of the horseshoe. Um, so those like little mementos are, are great, but, but it's really those those memories and the life lessons about not giving up when things get hard, mm. believing in yourself, mm. being, responsible, being responsible for another living being. Um, those lessons are about horses, but they're also about life. And that's where the big impact um, of, of what we can do going forward is going to come from. And, and at this point, it is, it's a bit sad for, for me and for the kids that we can only offer this for kids one week at a time. I would love for kids to be able to do this every day after school, on the weekends, and, and during the summertime. Um, and there are some great programs around the country, um, a half dozen in Los Angeles, two in Philadelphia, got one in Hartford, Connecticut, and um, all doing things a bit differently. Mm-hmm. There are two that are exactly the same, but essentially um, giving kids in an urban environment, mostly minority kids, um, the opportunity to learn and grow through working with horses. And uh, it's really exciting to learn from those examples and, and find a model that's going to meet the needs of Detroit's kids. That's awesome. So I want to ask you, talk about from that first pilot you had. Now, you mentioned that the girls had never you know, been around horses before, so I'm sure there was that first, that angst and, mm. and, and being uncomfortable. But, but just talk about, you know, their growth what what changes did you notice in them from the time they came there till when you guys are wrapping up for the week what what was that internal growth process like for them and did you have any chance to get feedback from the girls that were participating yeah it's uh one one story comes to mind we had uh uh a girl named alejandra and uh she was pretty pretty shy timid um, and especially in, in, in around the horses was a little, a little overwhelmed, you know, these are big animals and she's uh, not, not that big of a, a 10 year old girl mm-hmm. and was very intimidated at the start. And I think that kind of reflected some of the, um, anxiety she has about the rest of life being kind of overwhelming and, and scary. Um, and through the middle of the week, I think this was probably Wednesday, we were working on, hand walking. Um, so we're on the, 
on the ground leading the horse around, which, which can be pretty difficult. You have to watch where your feet are and the horse's feet are so that you don't get stepped on. And you um, are trying to take command. You know, the horse may want to go where it wants to go or wants to stop and eat the grass or not listen to you. And it really takes a lot of confidence to uh, make the horse respect that you're you're in charge here, mm-hmm. uh, and and follow your direction and not just what it wants to do. Okay. Uh, and so you know we were working at it and and giving her feedback and and trying to encourage her to really summon that that courage and that self belief to um, uh, lead the horse where she wanted. And and there was a light bulb moment where. She was able to stop the horse where she wanted, mm. start walking, turn, stop again. And I was, I was just like so over the moon. <laughs> and, and it was like, Alejandra, did you know you were that strong? Wow. And, and she sort of stopped and she looked at me um, and thought about it for a second. And she goes, no, I didn't know I was that strong. And that, that be, kind of became a, a theme for the week, not just physical strength, but strength of spirit and strength of conviction. Um, and the, that, that really stuck with me and I, and I know stuck with her as well as, um, you know, the powerful experiences that, that horses can bring. Now that's incredible. And, and when the, when the kids leave, uh, the camp for the week, do you have, you know, things that you have them take away or, or something that they write about themselves to talk about, you know, uh, the possibilities that they can achieve by, you know, believing in themselves and just realizing how powerful that they are? Yeah, we had everybody do a um, uh, end-of-the-week reflection, mm-hmm. uh, which um, one of the camps involved uh, writing a letter to their horse and thanking their horse for, um, you know, having a great week, and some of them were really sweet, like... Okay. Uh, I don't have them right in front of me, but, um, you know, one of them was like, I make you smile and you make me smile and, um, you know, I miss you so much. And, and there have been some chances where a couple of my former students that, that I have a good relationship with their parent, um, we got to do like a mini reunion, um, and, and go back to the farm and they were just like, so excited. Where's TC? Where's Winnie? Wait, oh, you're so dirty. Why, why are you? I got to brush you right now. I'm going to clean you up so you look nice. Mm. Um, and then they got to ride. And, and you know, they're very, very talented. You know, it takes a lot of skill to, to ride and believe in yourself and, and work hard because you don't get it right at first. You can't mm-hmm. go and do the, all the fancy stuff that you picture in the movies. Um, but these kids are, are really talented. And it's amazing to think... Um, where our kids in Detroit can go when given the opportunity. So that's what that's what motivates me. That's incredible. Talk about what what the parents are saying, you know, for for the ones that you've been able to interact with. Uh what what is their takeaway because, you know, as as a community, uh of course we want the best for uh our kids and their futures. So what what do they perceive as far as um uh what you're providing for the community. Yeah, it's it's been really exciting to have the support of of community leaders and, and parents um, because there's a there's a recognition that horses 
most of the time are reserved to the wealthiest in our society. It's pretty expensive to to keep a horse, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's really not accessible to kids in an urban environment. Um, so to have that opportunity made available, always free of charge, um, for all kids in Detroit that we're able to work with, um, is is something that parents and others have been really, really excited about. And and I stay in touch with our past participants and their families. And and every time, you know, they want to make sure that they know, you know, we when you when it's time for next year and you're signing kids up. Make sure we want to be the first ones to sign up. We know that this has been great. We've had um, just watching the the confidence, the patience that that kids you know come back with. We had a couple siblings come, and their mom's comment was, "Wow, they're so they're so respectful to each other now. You know, they wow. have this thing that they share." And uh, you know they're they're really getting along because they they both love the horses, um, and uh, you know it's it's like I said when they came on the last day um, we we had the opportunity for them to see the amazing progress that they made. I mean they had never seen them on a horse because they haven't had access to this before and to, mm-hmm. to come and watch them ride around independently, be trotting and steering and um, doing some pretty challenging stuff, especially having only ridden a handful of times, mm-hmm. um, is something that really uh, brings a lot of pride and joy. That's really cool. So thank you for sharing that. And have you had uh, the impression that Maybe some of the kids were, you know, because of the cars that they, that they were dealt on a wrong path, but then they were able to participate. And and did you see, like, a change in them that's saying, like, well, I can do better than what I'm currently behaving or any or any kids that came from, like, a, a bad situation that were able to participate so far? Yeah, it's it's something that I know that over time as we can – do this more often and not mm-hmm. just sort of a one-week, one-off, uh, that's that's going to be a huge change that we see. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the way we have it right now, we can only do these five, five-day camps. Mm-hmm. But going forward, we are going to be following up with kids um, throughout the school year so that we can do monthly or quarterly uh, horse excursions and follow up about the, the important life lessons um, and keep in touch with their schoolwork and make sure that they're applying themselves in school. Just being another positive force um, because sometimes our parent, you know, our kids' parents, um, they're working two or three jobs or stuff's going on with, with family and there's illness or lots of other things that, that make it really hard for parents to always be there and be active and advocate for our kids. So just being another positive supporting adult uh, community of adults really that that cares about our kids and they know that we care and that we're looking out for them and we're gonna you know make sure they're they're doing their best and um, I think that's where we're really gonna see that that mindset change of knowing that they they can succeed and they will succeed mm-hmm. because they're given the opportunity to develop skills and get help when they need it and talk to somebody if if they're struggling in school or in life um, so that they don't go down the the wrong path or or fall farther behind 
Uh, I think that's that's a really exciting place that when we when we get there, uh, that's when we're going to see some really big time change. Mm. So thanks for sharing that. So talk about. I want to get more into you know you talked about what motivates you to you know keep pursuing this, but let's just talk about the emotional side for you and and for making this happen. What what does it feel like now to be here just a little over a year and and to have the progress that you've you know already began to make and and what where do you feel um is the next step that you're going to be working on uh for the next year yeah it's it's a funny question because i we have a lot to be thankful for and a lot mm-hmm. to celebrate um but my mind always goes to we still have a lot to do mm-hmm. uh, so like uh like i said you know we we can do so much more and we need to do so much more to make the kind of impact that I know Detroit Horsepower can have. So going forward, you know, 2016, we're, we're in the midst of, um, you know, planning our program schedule okay. and, and raising the funds that we'll need to expand our impact so that we can work with a lot more kids um, next year um, and expand the scope of our programming so that it's not only during the summertime, but we can have... Um, these kinds of retreats and check-ins that um, stay involved in, in these life lessons beyond just the summer. Right. Uh, and we're also working with the city to get approved um, to uh, go forward with the long-term vision of, of uh, acquiring vacant land and building a new urban equestrian center. That's incredible. And, and just for people who aren't familiar, what, what, is an urban equestrian center at least what you envision it to be when right. you, when you finally get that yeah so we're looking to acquire 15 to 20 acres of open space that is in a community that supports horses as part of the neighborhood's future um, and is close in proximity to a dense population of local kids who can participate in the program because transportation is a barrier in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that land doesn't have a, a past history of industrial use or soil contamination that would be harmful for, to horses. So that's, that's kind of the criteria that, that we're looking for in terms of land. And um, in its final state, you know, we're talking about um, a, a horse barn with an attached indoor riding arena so we can do programs year-round um, that will also have outdoor riding space and pastures for the horses to go out and eat grass during the day, which is important for their health. Um, so this will be kind of a, a little, um, you know, this sort of unusual to picture in a city. It'll look different than sort of the big, sprawling, um, or, uh, rural horse facilities that you mm-hmm. see out in the country, um, but still good for horses and, and doing powerful work for kids so that it'll be accessible for kids anytime they need it. It'll be a community gathering place where we should have classroom space and meeting space um, for black clubs and and other events. Um, And it'll also have space for um, private horse boarders to to pay to keep their horse there um, so that we can be generating revenue and, and lowering our fundraising need. That's awesome, and, and and again, just just to clarify too, can you talk about you know who who this program is for? Are are you just mainly 
focused on having kids from the inner city come in or is it something where you're looking long term to be able to bring, you know, other kids from from different areas that are outside of Detroit who who come from uh, uh, lower income backgrounds? Mm. Yeah, I think that um, Detroit Horsepower's mission is focused on the needs of, of youth in the city of Detroit okay. because there's certainly a lot of need here in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are focused on, uh, on using the power of horses to, to make an impact in the lives of many different at-risk populations. Okay. So there, we are focused on, on youth to start, but if we have the opportunity to expand in our own facility, uh, we hope to offer services for children and adults with special needs, um, veterans with post-traumatic stress, and returning citizens um, at, to add on to the powerful work that horses can offer. Um, so that those are those are the social components. But we do hope that um, we do get a, a sort of mixing of people from different backgrounds where. Folks of means who are paying to keep their horse there get to know people in the Detroit community, mm-hmm. and likewise, folks who live in the city get access to the perspective and and resources of of people who have more advantages, um, more privileges, um, and we get a greater sense of of mutual understanding and and that uh, cross community engagement. Okay, that's awesome. So, also talk about. You know your organization. You know you mentioned that you have the board members um, earlier on in this show, uh, David. Is it just you right now handling the the day to day activities, or do you have uh, a, a team that you're working with to uh, to get things done? Uh, the day to day activities are are handled by just me at this point. Okay, uh, which is. Um, it, it's something that I balance along with some some odd jobs to mm-hmm. have an income as well. So it's uh, we're in this kind of interesting transition point where we are we are growing and mm-hmm. expanding, um, but it's not a it's not a full time pursuit yet. So okay. just just finding the balance to make it all work um, is sometimes a challenge. But this is definitely what what keeps me going. So finding a way to make it work is. Uh, is exciting um but it's definitely it's not it's not me alone you know like i said my board have been amazing advisors um we have so many supporters in and around detroit from volunteering to resource connections and people making introductions that to to others who can help um so it's it really takes a village oh absolutely so thanks for sharing that and there was something interesting that you said as well when you're saying that, you know, this isn't the full time, you know, gig mm-hmm. right now and you're still balancing that with with other jobs, you know, can you touch on that? Because I think there's there's something that really, you know, exemplifies, you know, what you're willing to do in order to uh fulfill your life's yearnings. Yeah, it's uh it's not all the the glory of oh you have this great idea and mm-hmm. it's just uh just fall into place. It it takes a lot of uh, dedication and um, being willing to put yourself out there and go go out and talk to folks who can help and make a compelling case. But also, um, 
you know, I, I've been fortunate. I, I work for a general contractor learning building trades, and he's been awesome, you know, taking me under his wing and teaching me everything that I know. And the schedule is flexible, so I can set up meetings on certain days and um, be working for him. Um, my sister's company has some uh, some irregular work that they need, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there. Uh, I, I drive for Uber sometimes. So just those flexible, uh, setting my own schedule and, and doing what I need to do for Detroit Horsepower while also uh, making sure that I'm taking care of myself. It's a, it's a work in progress. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I have it nailed down, but uh, it's... It, you know, it's it's part of the journey. So Uber, do you have a good experience <laughs> with them? Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't do it as much. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't making as as much money as as I had hoped. Okay. Um, but I do like that I can set my own schedule. Like if I was just gonna stay in on a Friday night and watch a movie, hey, right. maybe I'll spend a couple hours and and pick up some some people and and make some money instead. Um, or, you know, somebody, it's, it's, it's been just like having a couple things in my pocket Mm -hmm. that I can pull out, uh, you know, there wasn't so much work for the contractor this, this, uh, week. So I'm gonna, I'll do two rounds of, of Uber driving. It's just flexible that way. And I set my own schedule. That's cool. That's cool. I like hearing that. And, and and just for you with, with balancing all of this, you know, how do you, uh, you said it was a work in progress, but as far as you know, handling uh, what you need to do for Detroit horsepower, is it something that you're you know, setting parameters around yourself, or it's kind of like I'll wake up today and, 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 and go through as many of the things um, as possible, or do you have more of a, a schedule that you like to operate through? Uh, yeah, I, I would say I... I prioritize mm-hmm. pretty well, you know, say we've got a big grant application that's that's coming due in a week. Turns out, you know, that that's going to really dominate a lot of my time because that's that's a top priority and then um so it ends up things it's it's really good to have deadlines. Mm-hmm. You know, if if it's one of those things that oh, I can do it anytime. Like I'll give you an example. We I've been trying to finish our website for uh, for a couple months now, and it's okay. something that I haven't set a deadline yet. We've got the Facebook page, and and that's working all right. But we, we you know, the website's been a goal. Haven't have let other things take priority, and that's that's okay in a way. But it's it's just always on my to do list, and it never gets done. So um, you know, this I'm I'm setting a an, a deadline for myself that by January we're going to have this up and running. Um, and hopefully before then, but, uh, just having, you know, keeping myself accountable. Um, and because if, if I say, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow, you know, tomorrow never comes. There's always something today that's, that's going to take importance if you're pushing it off to tomorrow. So just having those priorities and making sure you're getting things done in, uh, in a timely manner is, uh, has been what's worked for me or you know when it hasn't worked at least i know right you know, I, I can do this better oh yeah so and, and then it sounds like being able to be flexible is is a big part of of your day-to-day as far as you know setting up those priorities when something that 
happens that wasn't anticipated, just being able to uh, adjust to it and not get, you know, too taken aback that you just shut everything down. So that's, mm-hmm. that's good to hear. And, and I think what you're doing is, you know, amazing, especially for, you know, someone that's, you know, relatively new to the city, as you said mm-hmm. earlier, you know, only been here in, uh, in Detroit for about, what, what was it? Three years now? That's right. About three years now. And, 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 and just this sense from inside of you that, that you wanted to revitalize uh, Detroit and be able to expand those opportunities um, for the urban youth from at-risk backgrounds and, and, and just being able to put yourself out there. You know, you are someone who exemplifies, you know, fulfilling life's yearnings and, and have shared a lot of, you know, insightful tidbits today as far as, you know, your personal background and, and and what the process looked like to you know set up your uh 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 501c3 and and what it looked like to actually get the ball rolling for Detroit horsepower um I do have you know two more questions and and you can answer them however you feel uh the first one just just from everything that you've gone through so far as as a person who was not familiar with you know, the city as much and just saw this, this need that, that needed to be filled. Uh, what, what would be your call to action, you know, for other people who are, are noticing things that just aren't right or, or they have this gut feeling that something needs to change, uh, whether that's in the community or, or the larger area that they serve at large, uh, what, what would be your call to action to that person uh, for that and then also uh, the call to action about you know how we can help you out and get involved involved with the Detroit horsepower yeah those are two those are two great questions um, speaking more generally I would say uh, it really helps to to find others who are passionate about that same issue if you're if you're thinking about I don't know, take transportation for an example, um, and you really want to get involved with creating more accessible transportation in the place that you live, I think the number one goal would be to find others who who are also passionate about that. Um, for me, that was my family and, and the people who became my board, uh, also friends of mine who have been uh, a hugely supportive support network um, that's, that lifts me up when, when things are tough and, um, is always encouraging and people I can talk to and get advice from, I would say that's probably the number one lesson is, is it takes a team. Um, and it may, like your question earlier, it may look like I'm, I'm the one, you know, only one day to day, but that doesn't mean it's just me and I couldn't do it if it was just me alone. Um, and to that end for, for folks who want to support, what we're doing at Detroit Horsepower, um, please please get in touch with me. Um, I, we can find a way to put my my email and, and phone uh, along with the podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, and also link to our Facebook page, which is our main online um, place right now, where you can keep up to date on what we're doing on ways to get involved and also, you know, see pictures from our camps and, and that, that history. Um, we also, you know, volunteering in the summer would be a huge way to help 
And also in the month of December, we are doing a, a year-end fundraising campaign. It's on CrowdRise right now. And we can post um, that link as well um, because if, if people are looking to contribute to nonprofits at the end of the year, um, we are a 501c3 and, and would love to have um, support, um, which will all go to our 2016 youth programs as we look to expand and serve more Detroit youth next year. That's awesome. And, and there was something that I just want to touch on a little bit too where you talked about uh, the first part of your call to action and, and finding others who are passionate. And, and for you, you said that was, you know, your family, your friends. Uh, talk about, you know, what, what you would, I guess, suggest um, to others who don't necessarily have, have that group there. Uh, and when, when you're having to, you know, meet new people uh what what did that look like for you if you had to go through that experience and then what could you uh impart to us uh from going through that yeah i think tapping into networks that are already in place you know i'm i've been a horseback rider for all my life but but really didn't know horse folks here in michigan because i am new to the state so i joined a couple different uh, horseback riding organizations and I met a ton of folks that have lifted up our work and volunteered and made their space available. So being part of those networks, that's a horse specific example. But, you know, if you're, if you're passionate about um, youth organizations to, to get out there and volunteer um, with youth and meet other people who are passionate about it and um, build strong relationships with them because those those might be, you know, your co-founder down the road, or it might be a board member, um, or a or a donor. Um, so just making those connections and finding other people who share your passion. I do, you know, you keep your eyes out for local events um, or online groups that you can get a part of and and uh, share ideas with and and build up uh, a network for yourself that can help you realize your dreams perfect thank you for sharing that that makes a lot of sense so just just re, uh, paraphrasing what you're saying is put yourself out there find find the the different organizations that that do what you want to do and and just immerse yourself in it and 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 take it as far as you can and then mm -hmm. um final question and again thank you so much for for coming on and, and talking about detroit horsepower i think it's an awesome organization and what you guys have for vision is phenomenal, especially when you're talking about helping with um, at-risk youth and just showing them that that they do have the the strength and the power to to go further than what they can currently see. And just by putting those 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 uh, works in process to to help them, you know, work with the horses and and help helping them gain confidence and showing them that they can learn something new that they haven't uh typically been around uh from growing up so i think that's that's great work and i do look forward to to seeing what you guys have coming in the near future um the final question is what is your definition of fulfilling life's yearnings mm, good question i would say it's listening to yourself, understanding who you are, what do you believe in, what matters to you, and then finding ways to 
connect with that, to be true to yourself, to pursue opportunities that you're passionate about. And that doesn't always mean starting your own organization. That was, that was something that I did because what I'm passionate about didn't really exist in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if it does already, you know, you can fulfill uh, that yearning by mm, joining an organization or, or it, working for that organization or volunteering or um, a number of ways you can be a mentor, you can uh, take classes about it. Just understanding that you, you have something special about you that, that makes you tick uh, and that gets you excited because if you're not excited about things in your life, then uh, you're, you're missing out in a way. So taking that time to listen and reflect and understand what's important to you and then find ways to, to do it uh, is, is uh, something that I'm really gra- glad that uh, there's a place where, where that's being celebrated and lifted up. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. So David, before, before I let you go, can you just you know, share those links with us as far as uh, your Facebook group uh, so that uh, the listeners can know as well where to check that out at? Yeah, yeah. So if you search for Detroit Horsepower, it's three words on Facebook. Um, it's also uh, facebook.com slash D-E-T horsepower. Um, you will find uh, my contact information on there. My email and my phone number are on the Facebook page. Please reach out to me if you'd like to get in touch. Um, and there is a link to the CrowdRise uh, fundraising campaign if you feel interested in, in contributing financially. Um, and there, there are lots of ways to support. Um, so please, please reach out. Um, and uh, I really appreciate all your support. Absolutely. So that was David Silver, uh, one of the great guys who has a lot of things, uh, specifically with Detroit Horsepower, that he wants to bring forth and he has a great vision so again david thank you for participating in and fulfilling life's yearnings and i just want to commend you uh for for the things that you have accomplished you know so far and and i'm grateful that i was able to you know meet you and and have you on as a guest because this is this is great work that you're doing and i'm just glad that you were able to come on with us and and share your story and and the mission for what you have for Detroit Horsepower. No, thank thank you very much. It's a great opportunity for me, and um, like I said, I, I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. Talk soon. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode which is located on the home page and leave a comment the show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey to stay up to date about what's happening please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on itunes and while you're subscribing on itunes it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams. <laughs>